0: Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Playing with Squirrels, a Boy Meets World fancast. I'm joined by a previous co-host, my best friend, and her baby Quinn, who's eating some applesauce and chicken nuggets, as we discuss episode four, Me and Mr. Jode, which aired on October 14th, 1994, which, side note, just happens to be my birthday, no big deal, but I'm sitting here with Laura, we just finished watching the episode, and... uh, I thought it was a pretty good one. Laura, what were your thoughts?
1: Um, I thought it was pretty good, and it reminded me a lot of what is happening currently in our education system, so if we can touch on that a little bit, maybe.
0: That's why I always bring you on for like teacher-heavy episodes. You're like my (laughs) teacher expert uh last week i had crispy on because it was about running the school newspaper he's an expert of that you're an expert of education <laughs> so uh in this one the focal focal point if you couldn't tell from the name of the episode is that Corey and sean have to read the grapes of wrath uh, and it leads to them having a quote-unquote strike from school uh, but the episode kicks off with Corey reading the book backwards because he believes that that way, if he gets asked any questions, he knows the answers, <laughs> which I feel like was something I definitely would have done as a kid.
1: I think a lot of kids, especially in middle school, did that. I know summer reading was a big thing for my school district. I don't know about yours, but... Um, We had to read something every summer, and it was always the most boring book for our age. I always felt like the books were never age-appropriate for us because it just was content that we couldn't relate to. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, there was a lot of um, cheating with Cliff's Notes and things like that as time went on.
0: (laughs) I remember uh, one of my favorite teachers got in a lot of trouble one time when he suggested that they pull Catcher in the Rye off of the summer reading list and replace it with The Perks of Being a Wallflower because he felt like it was the exact same content but way more relatable and, like, the other English teachers had a hissy fit at that suggestion. Oh, wow. But I think he's he's on, because if I had read that over summer break, I would have connected with it. I would have loved it, but, like, you know, Catcher in the Rise is a fine book, but it doesn't hold your attention when you're 12.
1: No, absolutely not. Yeah, I agree. You have to find books that are more relatable and relevant to the age. Um, you know, Grapes of Wrath, for instance, takes place in, what, the 30s during the Great Depression. So that's not something that 12-year-old kids can really appreciate and connect to.
0: I still struggle with reading it, even yeah. at 33. Like I, And I like a lot of his his other books. Like, I love Of Mice and Men. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Grapes of Wrath, I think I've tried two or three different times, and it just it's so long, it just doesn't connect with me.
1: Right. Um, I feel the same way, and like I said, I can't even tell you what was on our summer reading list as a kid because they were just things that just didn't resonate and never really clicked with me, so I can't even recall what we even read.
0: I remember one year we had to read um, That Was Then, This Is Now, and that one, I remember a lot of the kids who read that really liked it because it was a little bit more like... Uh, middle school appropriate it you know it had kind of thuggish kids and stuff like that but yeah on the on the whole most of the summer reading books just never really connected i remember reading one about a girl stuck on an island with dolphins like what was i going to connect with that
1: oh yeah what was that book called i remember that
0: i can't remember but i hated it because i was reading it while i was going to the beach i was like i don't want to read about dolphins i want to be at the beach
1: (laughs) Um, i mean they relate yeah
0: So the other subplot in this particular episode is a continuation of last week's episode. Eric is now fully dating Desiree, Mm -hmm. the very bitchy southern belle that started at the school. And he's coming between him and his best bro, Jason. Um, There's a great line towards the middle of this episode where she insults Jason one too many times and he yells. uh, Let me see. I got it down here. That's it, you and me, North versus South, rematch right here. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Which I love Jason, and you know him from Step by Step, right?
1: Step by Step and Full House. (laughs) He was Nelson on Full House, he was DJ's rich boyfriend.
0: He was all up on the TGIF. He lineup. was, he,
1: yeah. He was, he was um, that that secondary character that just appeared in almost everything on ABC. <laughs> and the voice
0: of Binks the cat and Hocus Pocus and Max from Goofy movie. He's everywhere. He's just everywhere. And he's he's actually really funny. I'm surprised that he doesn't do more because I think he's pretty funny. Um, so, let's see, I have a note here that Corey gives a correct answer. during the class that confuses Mr. Turner, which I enjoyed. <laughs> Uh, and then there's the whole argument of, um, what's going to be on the test, and I think you and I both got a chuckle out of him saying, I don't, I don't care about you knowing the information, I just want you to know the historical context, and then Sean asks, what page is the historical context on? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but just a, a really good episode, Turner decides he's not going to sign them a test, because he believes in their ability to learn, um... Don't
1: do it You saw that right If only there was a camera involved in this I'm sorry
0: That's fine My
1: child just fed our Doberman um, all of her chicken nuggets Instead of eating them And the last one we said don't do it And she looked at us and gave us this smirk And then went ahead and gave it to him anyway
0: She gave a smirk like (laughs) Damien at the end of the omen
1: (laughs) She knew exactly what she was doing
0: uh, but Mr. Feeney's not proud of the fact that Mr. Turner's not doing this test and suggests that he should prove that the kids read the book by giving them a test, yeah. uh, which doesn't go over well, shockingly. Uh, meanwhile, Eric is continuing to bail on their basketball games with Jason because his pager won't stop going off. Um, I do have the one line that I liked, which is, Why is there a dish towel in your trousers? <laughs> <laughs> Which I think only works in the Southern Bell accent. <laughs> Otherwise, it's not nearly as funny.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, I didn't really care for that secondary storyline. You know, there's always that something else that's going on besides the main point, which in this episode was the students rising up and um, striking against wanting to take a test. So the whole thing with Eric and the girlfriend, I just, it kind of lost me. I wasn't really paying attention. Yeah, and she's, well, I didn't care and she's for that. barely
0: there. She's for yeah. two episodes. Like, who I who are you? I actually, thought she was around longer like I thought that that storyline went for a couple episodes but I guess it was just a two parter but that's fine I mean she's a very awful character
1: yeah like that just was a very disrespectful relationship (laughs) she was just bossing him around and wanting him to do every single thing for her and that's not
0: I mean some of us have probably been in relationships like that oh
1: I'm sure (laughs) it just wasn't I just felt it wasn't really necessary it was like oh let's give Eric something here's this bitch girlfriend
0: Which I think is why they eventually... You can only do so many, like, girlfriend storylines before you just make him an idiot. Yeah. Which is what they did. (laughs) She is not happy with this podcast. (laughs) Uh, So you were talking about how this still kind of ties into what's happening in today's educational system. Uh, do you want to talk about that a little bit because we're at the the giant students throwing a strike portion, which I believe is kind of close to what you were
1: talking about. Right. Okay. So, um, in most public schools, um, in the, in the school district, yeah. there's a lot of pressure on teachers for raising the stakes for standardized testing. Now, granted, the um, the test in this situation wasn't standardized; it was just a you know typical quiz at the end of the unit on the book, but A lot of teachers these days are wanting to pull away from that type of education. Um, They don't feel like a student's skills can be necessarily measured in testing. So they're taking a more progressive approach, which would be more how Mr. Turner in this situation was trying to do it, where he just wanted them to read the book, familiarize with the book, participate in conversations about it, and do more types of hands-on learning with the book and not necessarily sitting down taking pencil to paper and doing a questionnaire or a test on it. Um, And that that kind of surprised me to see how that was portrayed in the nineties because that's a huge thing in education anymore. It's all about, you know, trying to pull away from that standardized testing and being more progressive and wanting kids to be more hands on and really understand what they're learning and showing that they know what they're learning through other methods. Um, so I just thought that was interesting that they touched on that.
0: It is It is funny how ahead of its time yeah. uh, some episodes of Boy Meets World can end up being. Um, so the only really last part to talk about is towards the very end, the resolution of all this, yeah. which uh, Turner comes to the house, and there's a bunch of kind of rapid-fire funny jokes in here. Uh, he walks in with the helmet... <laughs> And the Matthews is like, Your teacher wears a helmet? Yeah. He says I fall, I off, fall the off the du- desk. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> uh but then he's explaining to Corey and Sean why their strike is not the same as the strike in the Grapes of Wrath, and one of his explanations is you still sleep on sheets with dinosaurs. dinosaurs on <laughs>
1: yeah. That was good.
0: <laughs> and then he turns and sees that their next door neighbor is Feeney, and there's uh it's I believe the comedy term is a callback, but uh he looks at the Matthews and says you have a principal in your backyard. <laughs> Mr. Matthews goes, well, I we don't really brag about it. <laughs> and then he goes outside and says, Feeny, I didn't know you lived near the Matthews. He goes, well, I don't really brag about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was. I think it was a pretty good episode. It's not the the best episode that I've watched so yeah. far during this, but it's a fun one. I remember it. Like yeah. As soon as Corey was reading The Grapes of Wrath, I was like, oh, I know what this episode is. <laughs> so that's always good. I mean these early seasons, if if the episode's memorable, that that goes a step further than some of them.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, I remembered it, too, because I used to watch this show constantly as a kid with my mom, so yeah. TGIF and all that stuff. Um, so, yeah, I mean, a lot of the episodes in their own right are memorable. <laughs> Your, her
0: dog is now eating whatever remnants are left on this tray. Uh, <laughs> so we're going to keep this one short because it is a madhouse over here. <laughs> But it was a delight to to have Lara back on. We'll do another one of these before the season is through, I'm sure. Uh, because, you know, the show's got a lot of teacher storylines, yes. and Here. Lara's my go to expert on it. <laughs> uh, so we'll be back next week. Also, happy birthday to me.
1: Yes.